Here we go, rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out West in the sweltering heat. <laughs> is Adam Stanko. Coming Thursday on the Going ISO edition, we go long form this week with Matt Walsh, the former star at the University of Florida, now the CEO, co-owner of the New Zealand Breakers, the former home of RJ Hampton, LaMelo Ball, getting to the future of basketball over there and how they've managed to have a normal society as ours spirals downhill. Coming up, a major decision was made in the NBA that has flown under the radar, so we'll shed some light on that. Plus, is Giannis the next KD? But Adam, Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, before the bubble started, we went with our sleepers. Maybe not the team that would win the title or could win the conference, but a team that could disrupt things. And I went with OKC because of leadership and Chris Paul. And Mm -hmm. they nearly did disrupt things, taking the Houston Rockets to seven games. They did. You chose the Miami Heat because of the Heat culture and everything that has been developed there and how they are so well run and so well led. And now look at the Miami Heat as we record this on Monday. It's 3-1 Heat over the Bucks. So I guess you could say I told you so. Yeah, we, we could. We could both say, I told well, you Well, actually, so. hold on. Hold on. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have ended with that. Because we did go with a Bucks versus the Eastern Conference field at one point, and I took the field, and you took the Bucks. But this was before yeah. all the seeding had played out. But the Buck, but the Heat as an organization, the Heat as a team, you picked them as the sleeper disruptor in the East. Yeah, and and to be fair, yes, I still was thinking the Bucks were the team. So let's be let's be real for a moment. Like I still, I still thought the Bucks would be the team, and even after the reseeding, I would have I would have told you that. So I, if we're gonna discuss it though, right? And we go back. So I do want to give myself credit, but I also want to be fair to the audience, and I usually like to give myself credit more than I want to be fair, but. Anyhow, if we're going to give myself credit, which I'm, I'm, and I'm really proud about, and you and I both should be, because like I said, you have Oklahoma City. They, they worked wonders in their series against, against the Rockets. They looked unbelievable, way better than anyone anticipated. My thing with the Heat is two words, Pat Riley. And it stemmed from a conversation that you and I had. We were talking beforehand about how important it was. You brought up this point first before any national guys did about how important it was to be mentally sharp during the stay in the bubble, that, that the mental focus was going to be at, at on par with or surpassing what you did physically in the bubble. And I think that has been huge. And for me, when I started thinking about it in that context, and you really opening my eyes to that, was who better to get his guys more mentally focused and more sharp than, than Pat Riley? That is what he has expertise in. He is the master. I'd call him the greatest of all time at that. There's a lot of things that you can have the argument about the great coaches of all time and what Red Auerbach did and Phil Jackson's the Zen master and all this. But in terms of getting guys to be focused and to also play together towards a common goal, like no one gives better speeches than Pat Riley. No one's a better motivator. 
And also, there's a certain type of player and mentality they look for that doesn't work for most players. And Jimmy Butler talks about this all the time. To be a Heat player, you have to be a different type of guy. And this suits them perfectly. And when you look at the team defense they're playing on the court now, you can like see it come to life. You can see it come to fruition. But you're playing right into Heat fans' hands here because you didn't mention Eric Spolstra. And so Eric Spolstra deserves a ton of credit. Eric Spolstra is going to be a Hall of Fame head coach one day. Heat fans, and it's so wild because I don't, I don't think of Miami as these as a hardcore sports town. I just I don't. Even being down there all those years covering the finals, I don't. But Heat fans mm-hmm. are insufferable with <laughs> yes, the and, and maybe you know what? Maybe if all the fans didn't call Eric Spolstra Spo or a Heat Media didn't call him Spo <laughs> and called him by his you know, full name, didn't call him by a nickname, maybe it would be bearable. But Heat they fans Bill. I, they they just want him on par with Red, Pop, Phil, Spo. I know there's something about just hearing Spo. And yeah, we get it. I mean, the Heat are, in, are extremely well run. And well the way that well coached, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the way and the way that roster was put together, there are a lot of other teams that had multiple cracks at the guys that are starring for that team. And it and it hasn't worked out the way that it has for the Miami Heat. It's it's true though that like their defense is like extraordinary right now. Extraordinary. They have dogs, but just I always say to me, what makes a great coach, if you can only say one thing, it's that do the guys buy in. So you can have your system, you can have the D'Antoni system that's like the point guard gets everybody involved in a lot of um, a lot of three-point shooting and fast pace. You can have other guys that are defensive. You got like Popovich. It's all about the system. Everything they do in the offseason, all their workouts, they want you to work out under their purview. Everything they do offensively is their system, their system, their system. You got Phil's triangle. Like Everybody's got their different things. But it comes down to do your guys buy in. And right now, Spolster has got his guys buying in defensively. Like the way these guys attack – the way they are game planning to defend Giannis and then the help defense has been unreal. And so it was interesting. Giannis goes down, and I think that was actually an advantage in some ways because the Heat were so focused on having this specific game plan to how to stop Giannis that, you know, Middleton goes off. And it was just, it, it was really um, a gutsy effort by the rest of that team. But I, I got to say, like, I've been so impressed, way more so. I thought the Bucs would win the series. With everything I just said earlier, like, I thought the Bucs would win the series, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm blown away with how well the Heat are playing right now. All right, so coming up, speaking of the Bucs, is Giannis the next KD? Adam might want to be in his car at the moment, have some air conditioning. Oh, But if you need something fixed for that air conditioning in your car or truck, <laughs> Rock Auto com is the place to go. The family business, we've been telling you about it for a long time now. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So if you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. All the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com's catalog is unique, 
so easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brand specifications, all the prices, and those prices are reliably low for everybody. So you might be sold at a different price if you go into a chain store or a dealership for a professional versus just a everyday schmo like the two of us are on rockauto.com. Mm-hmm. It's the same price for everybody. So why would you spend so much more for auto parts somewhere else? And if you go to rockauto.com, you can write in, in the, how did you hear about us box? It's very clear. You can see it just write locked on L O C K E D space on in that box so that they know we sent you. It helps us. We're helping you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I think it's irresponsible to be speculating on Giannis's future when at the end of all of those conversations or any of those statements, the final word is always, but for all we know, Giannis loves Milwaukee and he's never said or, or has never... <laughs> said otherwise and has never made mention that he might want to go somewhere else. We've never heard any whisper. So it is pure gossip at this point, which Mm -hmm. I think is wildly irresponsible, especially on a national broadcast during a close game. The league can't be happy about that. The league loves drama. It helps sell, but they don't want to hear that during a game and the Milwaukee Bucks Certainly can't be happy about that. But unless your thought is steeped in just a bit of fact, which in all of these cases with Giannis, none are, I'm fairly certain you should keep it to yourself. Absolutely. And here's the thing. The same people that say that are the same ones that talk about how the small markets are constantly at a disadvantage. You're putting them at a disadvantage. These are the things that put the small markets at a disadvantage. With the salary cap, the NBA has put in this this great way for us to have some level of parity in the league. Now, granted, you can't legislate if you're the if you're the NBA. You can't legislate like don't go to you can't go to LA and have other extra marketing opportunities. You know, we understand the appeal or the warm weather cities, right? Like you, the Miamis of the world and stuff. Or, But when when it's free market, when it's uh, free agent destinations or even guys pulling strings with their agents, <clears throat> Anthony Davis, Rich Paul, <laughs> to get them to go where they want to go even before their free agent period is up. Like it's all about right now, like who has an advantage, who doesn't. Giannis is exactly what the league should want. Here is Milwaukee, Drafting a guy who, by the way, wasn't a number one pick. They didn't tank to get him. Um, he was this hidden gem who, again, if we're going to pat ourselves on the back, I was extremely high on going back to that draft, which you, you can look up. There's receipts. Um, but we'll get really to that. Where? Listen, no, where, where, where can we find those? Twitter. 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 I'll, I'll pull up the tweets. Let's I'll do pull it. Up the um, but uh, anyway, what I, what I wanted to say, though, about Giannis was that – all of that stuff is unfair when you start talking about it on a national broadcast. And it wasn't just a national broadcast. It was all over NBA Twitter. So four days ago, Duncan Smith, who I like to follow on, on Twitter, I think he's a good follow. He had said, if the Heat sweep the Bucks, Giannis is definitely going to Miami. And I said, just thought about this for a moment. If Heat sweep, Miami would become the only place Giannis couldn't go to the KD treatment would follow him for his entire career. And 
I, I really believe that to be true, that if the Heat had swept, we would have always – like it would have knocked it, the Heat as a destination out of the running for Giannis. But Noah, if you talk to people in the NBA Twitter sphere, like they don't ever talk about Giannis returning to Milwaukee or having a long run in Milwaukee. And look at the success they've had over the last few years. And, and which leads to a, a point, which is – if we're going to go crazy over all the asterisks here, right, about who's going to win the title and the fact that we're seeing crazy scoring numbers, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, all these records being broken and points and a half and bench points and all this stuff. If we're going to accept that uh, maybe there's some abnormalities here because we're in a bubble, maybe we also have to accept that, like, the future of a franchise player also like has to take into account that Milwaukee failing is because of being in a bubble setting. Like maybe this doesn't happen. We just talked about in the last segment, how the heat have an advantage because they have Pat Riley and Eric Spolster, Heat fans, the heat have this built in advantage now. So because they're extra focused. So like that's because of the bubble. So now like, Oh, all is lost. And Giannis is just going to say, Oh, I'm going to golden state or I'm going to Miami just because like it, it makes no sense to me. Well, I think if and it's similar to the the James Harden conversations with Pat, if if there hadn't been the playoff failures before, then it wouldn't be as fair to discuss. But again, there's been there is no thought from Giannis or anybody close to Giannis. There's not been even a whisper that he is considering leaving. Does Giannis want to be the villain? I doubt it, but we don't know. All we know about Giannis is how much he enjoys Milwaukee. It's the only place he's ever lived in the United States. And the NBA wants him to stay in Milwaukee. And I know I'll hear the, uh, well, the NBA would love to see him in LA. They'd love to see him in New York. The NBA has risen to the heights that we're at right now, which is at, well, even you know before this season, where it was mm-hmm. all-time moneymaker. That was with, that's with the Lakers being awful for almost a decade, the Knicks being trash, the Bulls not doing anything. So I'm talking about three biggest markets in basketball. So at this point, Giannis in Milwaukee has worked out for the Bucks. Giannis and the NBA and there's nothing that we have heard that would make us think that Giannis is leaving except for everybody who talks about it who would rather <laughs> live somewhere else than Milwaukee right exactly exactly and you talk about on court success Noah how about the fact that the team in the, the this Bucks team by the way Giannis is going to be looking at being a back-to-back MVP so he's still getting the individual accolades And then how about team success? Well, you bring up a good point. It is fair to knock the playoff failures. That's that is totally fair and on the table. But for the team itself, crazy success over the last two years, including Mm -hmm. this year, leading the NBA in points a game tops in defensive rating. And Giannis is going to be MVP and defensive player of the year. I understand. And you know what? It's going to say a lot about him, how he handles the criticism, assuming the Bucks end up losing this series. How is Giannis going to handle it? We'll say a lot about his character because every player has to go through adversity. Nobody is immune to that. And he's going to face a lot of 
uh, this testing, which also is a whole new thing for me, um, it, like are going to be a whole new thing for him. Hey, he's been beloved since he got in the league, but now everyone's going to call him out because they're all going to say, well, you're a regular season MVP. I don't know what more Milwaukee can do, and it is unfair to him that everyone else wants to talk about where else he should be. Rachel Nichols has been ban- uh, pounding that drum for a long time about the like MVP and then like the most outstanding player or the best player award. And, and she said it the other day. So I quote treated it with, and I know this is something that's crazy to say. And I guess it's the only year we could say it 2020, because it's the year that everything backwards happens, but <laughs> the NBA could learn something from major league baseball. So why don't you just go with NLCS MVP, ALCS MVP, world series MVP. So baseball has a regular season MVP in both in yep. both leagues but the nba doesn't even need to do both leagues so you've got your regular season mvp and then your eastern conference playoffs mvp your western conference playoffs mvp and world series mvp or, or nba finals mvp love it nice and simple coming up the orlando magic yes talking about the orlando magic during the playoffs in the bubble the orlando magic did something that i hope does not become a trend in all of sports we've got a lot to do all of us and every day seems more overwhelming than the last so if you can figure out dinner Mm. then if that's easy for you anything these days to make even an hour easier i recommend it so let doordash do it and what makes it so easy is that you don't just on the app, but you don't need to all order the same thing. You can just order from different places all right there. And you can continue to support the restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your help. It's the app that brings you the food right to your door that you're craving right now. Ordering is so easy. Open the app, choose what you want to eat. Food is left safely outside your door. It's got that new contactless delivery drop-off setting. These days, if you don't want to see somebody or talk to somebody, you don't have to do it. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support local go-tos or your favorite national chains. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. $5 off, no delivery fees, your first order. Just download the DoorDash app in the App Store, enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. LOCKEDONNBA, $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Since we're both media professionals, broadcasting, production for combined almost 45 years or so, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Orlando Magic this week let go of their radio team and decided to, and this is a, a cost-cutting move, they admitted, they will be simulcasting their TV broadcast on the radio. That's troubling. One, troubling for listeners. I don't know how many people listen to Orlando Magic games on the radio. I don't know what radio listening audiences are, and I don't know how they're going to be with less people commuting to and from work, traveling different places during the pandemic. I don't know. Right. 
Right. Although there are a lot of people in their cars and RVs all over the country. But a TV call and a radio call are night and day. Okay. So, no, no, for, for people listening, mm-hmm. uh, they probably, you know, I think about my brothers, for instance, huge basketball fans, obviously watch games on TV or listen on the radio. As a professional, as you go back, get, give, give people some context as to some of the things that are different when you're calling a game for TV as, as opposed to when you're calling for radio. All right. Good question. Television, the viewer can see everything that's happening. So it is much more analyst heavy than the radio radio. The play by play man has to paint that picture so that as a listener, you can close your eyes and see everything that is happening on the court TV. You say the names, maybe who has the ball at different times, but the analyst is jumping in at different times to let everybody else know what defenses are doing and why certain things are happening within the play on the radio. An analyst might have three seconds to say something. If there even is a radio analyst to when someone is bringing the ball up the court, you can't miss anything on the radio. You can't. So on TV, there's far fewer words said. And if you're, just listening to a game on television, try that. Listen to a game on television. Turn off, you know, be in the other room or close your eyes. You're probably not going to know what's happening. And and that's why, because so much is obvious, because now you can see it, you don't have to try to picture it. That's why the TV guys then will stray off into also just general conversation. Not right, to mention yeah. other things right. a TV broadcast has to worry about, like, oh, hey, look at this person in the stands. Or they might start talking about the season a guy is having or start telling a story. Or or they maybe conduct an interview with someone that happens to be sitting there. Oh, hey, what about graphics? Brand is here. <laughs> graphics show up, on the, show up on the screen. And, oh, as you can see right there, the, the Magic are doing really well defensively. Oh, well, but... <laughs> Well, what's the number? What's the context? What are they doing? Right. I can't. No, I can't. I can't see. I can't see that. And when there's a when there's a replay that's happening on the radio, when a replay is happening, that play by play guy is describing every last detail of the replay on TV. It's oh, yeah, you could see it. Yep. You could see it right there. And if this trend, I look, I can't imagine the league being happy about this, but this is this is a trend or this. If this becomes a trend, mm-hmm. then fans are in trouble and us as broadcasters are in trouble. Oh, well, our whole industry right now has taken a, a major hit, and that's the sports production uh, industry, you know, the media industry as far as, as sports are concerned. And and why it's it's rough, just like it is in so many industries. But the problem becomes that companies look, all right, where can we cut costs? And oftentimes the decision makers for how they're cutting costs are not the ones who understand the intricacies of what goes into a great broadcast. So you can take, okay, here's what we're going to do in a given situation. And there's certain people maybe you could take away or certain travel costs, or you can cut 
hey, well, let's not spend this on food or what have you. There's different ways that you can cut costs and different people in different departments. But the people that are going to be salvaged are usually the ones near the top, right, that, that have a good relationship with some of these executives. And so, oh, and it's it just takes one person coming up with an idea that's probably in the accounting department who says, hey, what if we just didn't even have a radio team? What if we just simulcast the television broadcast? And someone like you and I are pulling our hair out like, no, that's, that's, a, that's a non-starter for us. But meanwhile, that's the kind of conversation that gets brought up and then they run with it. And where it's an issue in general for people to understand about sports television is that across the board now, we're seeing cost cutting everywhere. Fox, uh, ESPN, NBC Sports, all their regional networks. These guys are all cutting costs everywhere. And you know these executives, even when COVID grinds to a halt, if that's next year or whether that's 10 years from now, those jobs aren't coming back. Some will, but most of them are gone. And it's going to be things that people are going to notice. And that's where the industry is really taking a hit. But because the people making these decisions aren't the ones that have the great understanding like Noah just laid out. Coming up on Thursday, the Going ISO edition of Rejecting the Screen with former Florida star and the co-owner and CEO of the New Zealand Breakers, Matt mm -hmm. Walsh, joins us. A lot of LaMelo Ball, a lot of RJ Hampton talk, a lot of... LeBron high school talk, mm -hmm. maybe a good Shaq story mm -hmm. dipped in from his short stint with the Miami Heat. That's coming your way on Thursday. Wait, and also, what, go what back about the, what about, wait, before you even go on, and you also got another one that you didn't mention. How about the back-to-back -back titles that Matt would have at least been a part of the first one, but he decided to leave and go to the NBA draft. Right, he mentored Joakim Noah, Al Horford. Al Horford. I want to know what Joe, I want to know what Joakim Noah was like as a freshman college he'll fill you in matt will fill you in. he'll tell us i mean i remember seeing matt play in high school at germantown academy in, in philadelphia he's on a it's on a heck of a team he had mm -hmm. a kid you know what we'll save it we'll save it yeah that's, that's a good tease he had a he had a, kid. he had a kid he had a kid <laughs> you cracked me up uh Go back and listen to the other episodes of the Going ISO edition of Rejecting the Screen, some great ones. And you'd never really know when we recorded these. Mm -hmm. With Kevin Willis, Richard Jefferson, most recently Hall of Fame photographer Andy Bernstein, Anthony Morrow, Kenny Anderson, Peter Vesey, Ryan Rosillo, Sam Mitchell, Ala Abdul Nabi, Cherokee Parks. Sean Marion, who co-owns the New Zealand Breakers with Matt Walsh. Oh, right, yeah. Sean Marion, Rex Walters, Adam Morrison, Dan Dickow, a lot of floppy haired, a lot of a lot of floppy haired white guys we've had on this show. We are dealing with them, and Matt would be another one, but he right. he doesn't have the floppy hair anymore. That's a great call. Yeah, we're Do our all floppy haired white guy rejecting the screen team. <laughs> Everything yeah. else on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NBA is five days a week. Hollinger and Duncan every Monday. Locked on Fantasy Hoops with Josh Lloyd. That's five days a week in your team every day. There is a podcast for every team every single day here on the mm. Locked On Podcast Network. So please, if you like rejecting the screen, just like us, two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life, just leave us the review after you've clicked five stars on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following on Spotify. And just tell your friends if they're looking for just two rational basketball thinkers 
who are also trying to navigate life and families at the same time. Yeah. And, and the fact that we're good looking, that's just a plus. That's just the benefit that you get. Right. As you listen, you just know that we're two good looking guys. Yeah. Just be aware of that. We're on Instagram, speaking of being so good looking, at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at Naismith Lives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.